Thank you, Patty. Good morning. Happy Palm Sunday. As we say, this is God's house. That's what we call it. And as we're all children of God, welcome home. I want to invite you to take a few short or long deep breaths to center ourselves in this place. Let's worship the living God. Please rise in holy or body or spirit for the call to worship. Hosanna! Hosanna. Rejoice for the Lord is in our midst. He comes with joy and hope. He comes to set us free from the fear. Riding on a colt, he enters in victory, saving us with peace. Hosanna! Hosanna! Glory to God in the highest heaven.
You may be seated. Well done on the palm waving. I invite you throughout worship whenever you may be moved. Go ahead and wave those palms. If you want a palm but didn't get one, we have a whole bunch out in the narthex. You're welcome to go get one if you would like. Welcome to worship at Westminster. Welcome to Palm Sunday worship. It is so good to be with you today. If you're visiting with us, a special welcome to you. If this is your first or second time here, it is good to be with you. I do invite everyone after worship out into our patio area, a chance to uh, have some coffee and tea and some snacks and especially a chance to get to know each other. I invite you after worship, maybe seek out someone you haven't yet met and uh, meet someone new today. Let's join together now in our community prayer. Let us pray. Oh God, we celebrate your peaceful and joyful welcome into Jerusalem by joyfully welcoming you into our hearts, souls, and minds today. We know the days that followed Palm Sunday were hard for you. For many of us, the days ahead are also going to be hard. We pray that we would take strength in your example. We pray that we too would be faithful despite the difficulties ahead in bringing about a more just and loving world to your glory. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Now the psalmist tells us that God is our strength and our salvation, that God has opened the gates of righteousness that we may enter through them. We are forgiven in Christ. We are set free. So Hosanna to God. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. One of the ways we stay connected and we strengthen our community is to share our joys and concerns, what we're carrying in our daily lives. So if you have something to lift up before the congregation, just raise your hand and speak up best you can. Bashful today. Barb. Yeah, indeed, we continue to hold, of course, all of Ukraine, but particularly the children right now. I know many of us are recoiling at some of the horror we're seeing there. Thank you, Barb. Uh, did I see Valerie? Did you have your hand up or am I? Okay, thought I saw another hand. Others. Yeah, Joe. Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, Joe lifts up uh, Anita Scott, a member of this congregation. Her son's father-in-law was assaulted in, in San Jose and died. So if you know Anita, that would be probably be a good thing to reach out and support. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, please, then Michelle. 
So Michelle offers prayers of joy for you all as this faith community. Um, Michelle and Reese and their two wonderful children are moving to Kansas City. And um, we know that that will bring joy and new adventures, but we'd be lying. Yeah. 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 We definitely hold you in prayer. Those kind of moves are so big. And uh, our hearts ache too, because we're going to miss you so much. Please, let's find a time where we can bless you in worship before you go. We'd like to send you off that way. Other, uh, oh, Elizabeth, thanks, Cammie. So this is, so this is a good thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth. Elizabeth lifts up Porter, her daughter, who's had a very full year on a number of levels, and is taking a week to decompress and disconnect, and is lifting up everybody who is in need of that, in in hopes that others might find their own way to do the same if it's within their means. Others. Let's come together in a posture of prayer then. Holy One, we do turn to you for whatever we need, whether that's rest and restoration, encouragement, strength, forgiveness, inspiration, hope, guidance, wisdom. We offer all that we carry to you trusting that you take it and walk with us. And we offer all the prayers spoken and unspoken of our hearts to you in the name of the one who taught us to pray, sing together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen. So I invite you, if you have a birthday in the month of April, or maybe if you missed one of our birthday blessings in a previous month, I invite you to come forward for our birthday blessing. Why don't you just stand right here in front of that step and turn and face so everyone can see your birthday faces. Well, happy birthday, everyone. So Palm Sunday, uh, theologian Fred Craddock actually says that Palm Sunday for him meant three things in one event. For him, Palm Sunday was a royal parade, a protest march, and a funeral procession, all in that one event. So what I want to offer you all today, and you all, is it's actually called a blessing of the palms, but really it's a blessing for each one of us. It's a blessing written by the Reverend Kayla Simmons Wood. Bless these parade palms, O God of celebration. May they remind us of the simple joys of living. May we remember the excitement that comes with following Christ. Bless these protest palms, O God of justice. May they remind us that empire is not a thing of the past. May they make us bold and brave to stand up against injustice. And then bless these funeral palms, O God of comfort. May they remind us of the road that lies ahead. May they encourage us in times of grief and pain. So we give thanks for the parade, the protest, the processional, as we cry out Hosanna today and every day. Amen. So that is my hope and my prayer for you on your birthday in the year to come. May you be excited. May you be emboldened. May you be encouraged. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You may be seated, and I'd like to invite the children who are worshiping with us to join us here at the front. Now, I'm actually going to take you, I think uh, we have some young ones outside. Are they out? Oh, playground, so we're good. We'll stay here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we could go to the playground. That'd be a whole different time of discovery. I might not come back. All right. Nice to see you. I know some of your friends are on spring break, but it's good to see you here. There. Hi. Well, once there was someone who said such wonderful things and did such amazing things that people just felt like they had to follow him. And his name was Jesus. And Jesus did many, as I just said, incredible things. 
He went to be with people who were lonely or were disliked. He helped people feel better when they didn't feel well. He healed them when they weren't sick. He told the truth, even when it was hard to do it, even to people who didn't necessarily want to hear it. And when it was his time, when his time had come, he went to the holiest city in his land. And he said, it's time for me to go into it. And he asked his students who were with him to go and get him a donkey to ride into it. And he said, there'll be one tied up outside of town. And when you go there, you just tell the owner that the Lord needs it. And so they did. And when the person asked, they said, well, the Lord needs it. And they gave the donkey. And Jesus rode the donkey into the holy city. And as Jesus rode in, the people who knew him and loved him and had listened to him and followed him came up and they lined the roads. And they waved branches like this. And if you have them, you can wave them too. And some of them took off their outer clothes, like they're, it's as if they were wearing a coat, and they laid it down on the ground so that the donkey would walk upon their cloaks and not the dirt. And they cried out, Hosanna to him. Now, what an amazing story. I wonder what it was like to be in that crowd that lined the road. Whether it was somebody who knew Jesus and followed him throughout all his teaching or somebody who had just heard of him and had never seen him before. I wonder what it was like to be the person who owned the donkey and to have Jesus' students come up and ask to take it. I wonder what it was like to be Jesus to ride into the holy city with those people waiting for him and waving and laying their cloaks out before him. I wonder if he was nervous about what was coming later in the week. I wonder so many things, and I wonder what you are going to wonder as you learn more about this story. Ben, are you coming? Are you, okay, Ben's going to come on down. Come on down. Ben is going to take you to Sunday school. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke. Listen for how the Spirit may be speaking to you through these words. Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem, when he had come near Bethage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, uh, why are you untying the colt? 
They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Our reading continues in Luke chapter 19. Please listen to what the Spirit may be saying. Some of the Pharisees in that crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day things that, the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling things there, and he said, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching in the temple. The chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people kept looking for a way to kill him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were spellbound by what they heard. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. We've collected yearbooks uh, this week, or last week, that represent about two-thirds of every middle and high schooler in Marin. There are about 22,000 of them. And we felt it would be good to pray for every single young person in Marin this week by name. Uh, and some may think, well, that's kind of a weird thing to do with Easter and Holy Week. What does that have to do with Easter eggs? And, I, you know, it, and I don't know what it has to do with Easter eggs, quite frankly. But several weeks ago, we were talking during a staff meeting about COVID, the effects it's had on us, and what long-term effects it will have on those, maybe even our young people. And I just thought of Holy Week. And we'll get to the connection of that later on. Because you imagine going back to 2019, uh, if you were 13, 14, 15, 18, whatever, you were looking forward to putting on your uniform again and playing under the lights again with your friends, and you didn't get to. You maybe had a tuxedo or a dress rented, and you were ready to dress up and go out with your friends, and you had that, uh, which I'm forgetting again, that flower thing, <laughs> corset. Corset? <laughs> Corsage. <laughs> I don't know anything about flowers. <laughs> of course it is like something you wear, isn't it? I don't know. 
Anyway. Uh, okay. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, the thing you put on your shirt, <laughs> thank you, that, and you, you know, it shriveled up, died, you never got to wear it. Ah, uh, that thing. <laughs> there were people who were looking forward to the, the beauty of the melodies and the harmonies of playing with their band again or singing with their choir. The sort of out-of-body experiences that come with theater and putting on a production. They didn't get to do any of that. Even the jokes and the pranks and the things that happen in the hallways, the stuff that you don't want teenagers doing, that all of you did and tell stories about today, which I know personally nothing about, of course. You, they didn't get to do those things. And I see a connection to Holy Week because for Jesus, he starts Holy Week and everything, too, looks great. There are people standing in the streets, crowds shouting, Hosanna to him. Now, you may not know what that word means. It's a word that's been sent over various languages for thousands of years. It essentially means save us. It's like a desperate cry for salvation. It's similar to you're drowning in a pool, sticking your hand out, Hosanna. And here are these people doing this to a man riding in on a donkey. Any other aspiring leader coming into Jerusalem would have shown up or had historically shown up on a war horse or a chariot flanked by a cavalry, but not this guy. This guy is cheered and he shows up on a donkey, a symbol of peace. If you had read or if you have ever read the first 18 chapters of Luke, those that precede what Sharon read so beautifully for us, you would have seen this amazing mystical prophet, this rabbi that leads a movement based around unconditional love and justice and equality, and people are following him to this significant place of Jerusalem. This is supposed to be a great week, but... It doesn't turn out that way for Jesus. And for many of our young people, it was supposed to be a great few years. And it wasn't. And I know that many of us can share stories like that. I know some of you may be thinking, well, I too had to stay at home. And I had to work on the computer all day. And it wasn't that fun for me. And we had economic burdens and stress. And I don't want to diminish your experience, but as your youth director, can I just ask you to stop thinking about yourself for a moment? <laughs> and stop thinking about your own household, your own friends, and to think about them. And if not for a moment, maybe for an entire week, you can think about them. I don't know, I wish I could give you my professional opinion on what our youth are going to turn out like in 15, 20 years. I don't know. But I think about my grandmother sometimes. She was a child of the Depression. And when we would go to her house, there were a couple of kind of unique things that you might call quirky about her. She would, after a meal, if there was chicken or turkey, she would, after cleaning up, would pick at the bone for about an hour, every little piece. And it would go into the dog bowl, or she'd put it into a container for leftovers, every little piece. She'd pick at it and pick at it like an archaeologist. 
And I remember I would go into her restroom, her bathroom, and it was that bizarre yellow color. And there was a sink and the bars that we had put up to help her maneuver and the medicine cabinet with the mirror, but her toothpaste was never in there and it was on the sink. And sometimes I would notice that the end of her toothpaste tube had been cut off and there were marks where she had clearly been scraping the toothpaste out of the tube. Because during her formative years, resources were scarce, necessities were scarce. She was formed by that experience. So what will someone who's 15 look like when they're 40 or 50, 60? Will they cling to their children longer because they spent so much time apart from others? Will they keep them at a distance because that was the habit instilled in them during their formative years? as we were distancing. I don't know. Will they, because they spent so much time on a computer trying to communicate humor and irony when they message and talk to their children and grandchildren, will they use memes to communicate with each other? When you come over to the house, kids, don't forget to wash your hands and wash them again and again and again. Some of us got those cracks in our skin because we were washing them so much. You remember that? Or maybe they'll be filling out a, a doing a sort of his, history report on the virus and the time that we lived in. And they'll say, Mom, Dad, Grandma, Grandpa, what did you call it? Did you call it the coronavirus? Did you call it COVID? And they'll just say, no, honey, we were cool. We called it Rona. <laughs> we got the Rona now. What was it like when you were growing up in those days? Well, son, daughter, we don't talk about it very much. We don't want to go back to 2020. <laughs> but when it was over, I bet it was so much fun. I bet it was awesome. Well, no, because then there were like murder hornets and insurrections, and so it wasn't just a pandemic. Things got worse. And maybe they will, maybe this generation, what some have even called the COVID generation will grow up and instead of toothpaste and chicken bits, they'll do things like hoarding toilet paper still. <laughs> they'll have boxes of it in their house. Why is grandma like that? Well, she lived through COVID, son. She always has to keep plenty of toilet paper just in case the virus comes back, I guess. I don't know. That's her fear. I don't know what they're going to turn out like. And a lot of us have looked at the problems of our society and we've said, you know, I find what brings me hope is them. That's what brings me hope. All the problems in the world, that's what brings me hope is our young people. I heard this past week, Noam Chomsky, who some of you may know that name, a well-known philosopher, author, writer, professor, had said that. He was describing all these problems in the world today, and the person hearing all this horrible talk said, well, gosh, what brings you hope? And he said, well, I have hope in our young people. And can I say, because this is something I hear, but on their behalf, can I send you a message? They're tired of hearing that. <laughs> what does that say about us as adults, that our young people have to find hope in themselves, that we can't find hope in each other? we got to find it in them. And so do I hope, 
Do I have hope in our young people? Of course I do. I know them? Yes, I do. Especially the ones from Westminster. <laughs> I have a lot of hope in them. But I also have hope and faith in Jesus Christ. I've had that before they were born, and I will have that afterwards. And so when we come to these sort of unknown moments in our lives that cause us worry and stress, we follow his lead. We pray. We seek God's wisdom or God's deliverance. We pray. And Jesus teaches us this. He says, you know, when you look at them, see God in their face. See the Spirit in them. See them in the least of these people. All of them see the Spirit of God. Do you see the Spirit of God? Do you see God's Spirit in our young people and teenagers? And if you did, how does that change the relationship you have with them? Or how does it change the way they see you? Palm Sunday starts and it looks wonderful. People shouting out, Hosanna. 2019 looked like it was going to be a lot of fun for some people. And, oh, that's you. Okay. Oh, it's not you. It's me. Is it you? Okay. Okay. Let's do that. These are not special effects. I think his corset's too tight. <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> I did put on some weight during the pandemic, so. That's what a corset is, right? Okay. This is why I have to work with teenagers. Vocabulary is not there. Uh, we, we look at Palm Sunday and everything looks great. Everything looks like it was supposed to be wonderful, right? Jesus shows up. He's worshipped. Everyone's cheering for him. This is the great crescendo. This is the great climax. And many of us were looking into our teenage years. Those in 2019, looking at their years, looking at all the fun they were going to have. These are supposed to be the best days of our lives. They were supposed to be the best days of our lives. In the famous words of Brian Adams, that's what they should have been. Thank you, Brian Adams, for reminding us that that summer of 69. And it's funny to me that I wasn't there in 69. I wasn't born yet. I heard from the song, it was great. Some people got married, they drove cars, they had a good time. And I wonder how Brian Adams knows anything about it, quite frankly, because he was only nine years old. What was he doing working at a driver in a dine-in? They were supposed to be the best days of our lives. Palm Sunday started out great, but it ended up in tears and anger. Monday, Thursday ended up with betrayal and Good Friday. That didn't turn out so good for Jesus. I, w I don't know what 
the future will hold for our young people. I wish I had good news to report, but I don't. I kind of wanted to say amen there just to see if somebody would ring the bell. But it may look bleak, but when I look at that, I see Holy Week. I see such a connection between Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our young people who we're hoping can save us. Because on Palm Sunday, as Jesus looks at this excitement and our young people have looked at the excitement coming into their lives, Jesus is then uh, looks at the city of Jerusalem and sees the pain and suffering, the disbelief and the heartache that's coming to them. If they only knew, and he weeps. And does not the teenager looking at their future of this home that we call earth and weeps looking at with anxiety about the future that comes here, whether it's by climate or the division within us. Jesus steps into the temple and he sees people there ripping off poor people who want to worship God. They have turned this temple of God, this house of prayer, into nothing more than a money-making materialistic scheme. And he rightfully, angrily calls them out on it. And have not our teenagers taken to the streets to call us out on all the different things and problems that we have caused on them, whether it is gun violence or climate change or racial inequality? Do they not prophesy in the way that Peter spoke about when he quoted Joel saying, there will come a day when our young people will dream dreams and they will prophesy and they do. Jesus is weak, it's worse, when his friend, one of his closest friends, Judas Iscariot, sells him out for 30 pieces of silver, hoping to rid himself of any embarrassment of being connected to this guy. And we know that there are a lot of changes that go on in middle and high school. And of course, one of them is relationships, where we experience heartbreak and grief. And the same Peter who would write, who would say these words, who swore that he would be friends with Jesus and would never leave him, denies knowing him. And you don't have to still be a teenager to know what that feels like, because we've all been there. And so Palm Sunday marks the beginning of a very hard week. And 2019 marked the beginning, or 2020 marked the beginning of a very hard season for our young people. There's not a lot of hope in there. But you should know that there is some good news. That we worship a God of surprises. And Easter comes. And new life comes. It springs forth. You can see it out the windows springing and blooming, resurrecting. And so I don't know what the future holds for our young people. But I do know this, that I will be here this week with a yearbook in my hand, praying for every single person in there. Looking at their faces and asking my God to bring salvation to them. To save their souls with the same kind of love 
and justice and grace and faithfulness that sustained Jesus Christ as he came out of the grave. That the pursuit of a more just world will continue. I asked our middle schoolers a few weeks back as they were building that prayer box. I said, do you, uh, do you think we can change God's mind about things? And they said no. And I said, that might be true. You know, maybe that's true, but that is not our teachings. That's not what comes out of our sacred text. Our text begins with Abraham, who found this personal connection with a God and could talk to that God. And that was so unique so many years ago. And he pleaded with God, if I can find this many innocent people, will you spare this town? What about this many people? What about this many people? And God's saying, yes, of course, yes, of course, yes, of course. Abraham bending the will of God through mere conversation. And Jesus Christ, our example, says to us, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. That when you knock, the door will be opened. And his disciples tell us, where two or more are gathered in my name, I will be there. God will hear us. And so, yeah, what looked like a lot of fun at the beginning turned out to be a horrible week, but Easter comes. And what looked like was going to be the best days of our life were taken from us. But God will be there. And I will be here at this altar this week praying for our young people, and I would love it if you would join us too. We will be here until 9 o'clock tonight from 10 to 2 Monday through Friday, from 5 to 9 Monday through Friday. So come in. Invite your friends. Invite your neighbors. If they want something to do, if they want to feel like they can do something, this is something you can do. We will cry out to God. And God will hear us. And by God's grace, we will find that salvation. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. A lot happening here in the life of the church. I do encourage you to check out all the announcements that are printed here in the bulletin. To highlight just a few, uh, today, Palm Sunday, begins Holy Week, a week with a few extra worship services as we remember the last week of Jesus' life. Um, the dates and times are printed here for you. We invite you uh, to join us. Uh, we are looking for people to read scripture at Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services, so let Robert me know if you're available to do that. On Easter morning, we will participate in the tradition of flowering the cross. So if you have a garden and would like to bring a flower or more, one, more than one flower to flower the cross, you're welcome to do that on Easter. If you don't have access to flowers, that's okay. We will have some here for you to use. Also next week on Easter is our traditional Easter dinner that we provide to Voyager Carmel up in San Rafael. Uh, we already have most of the slots filled. We are still looking for a few more food items. Uh, so if you're available to help with that meal, either see Randy who's in the back or just go to the online sign up and you can find the link for that in the e-news. Uh, out in the narthex following worship, Lee Darby's going to be out there with a beautiful quilt. You might remember a couple of weeks ago when our youth hosted the barbecue, she was um, selling raffle tickets. She's raffling her quilt. All the proceeds um, are going to support the youth program. So if you didn't get a chance to buy a raffle ticket at the barbecue, uh, we got one more chance today after worship. Lee will be out there. A new announcement, new for this week, um, is the announcement about our uh, campaign consultant. Uh, we are going to be kicking off a campaign um, to raise some funds to retire the debt uh, for our new building, our newly renovated building, and also to dream about the future, uh, what, what our hopes and dreams are for this congregation moving forward. And our consultant's going to be here in two weeks to start that dreaming and envisioning process. So we really invite you to join him following the 10 o'clock worship on April 24th to hear more from him. Uh, finally, the least fun announcement. Um, if you go on our website, you may have noticed that it's not working right now. Uh, we know that. I've gotten several people saying, do you know the website's down? Yes, we know. We're working to get it fixed. We're hoping that tomorrow it will be back up. But uh, if you're looking for something on the website today, probably best to just email Rob or me because it's not working right now. Um, all right, with that, I invite you to stand as you are comfortable for our closing hymn which is number 197.
So again, uh, these yearbooks will be here until 9 o'clock tonight, 10 to 2 during the day this week, 5 to 9 during the evening this week. You don't have to leave right after the worship service. You can come right up here and grab one now. Uh, I'm going to go outside just to greet people, but we'll be back in here off and on myself. Some of our youth leaders and others will be here throughout the week. We hope to see you here at some point, praying for our young people by name. As you go from this place, may God save your souls with love and grace and faithfulness so that you can bear the burdens of our young people alongside them. Amen.